to share with you a sermon, amen. Uh, uh, I'm going to speak to you a couple of minutes. Um, a sermon that I, that I particularly like um, is called Vitamin CCC, amen. Um, I'm not very creative, Pastor. I'm creative, Pastor. Gus is creative. Louise is creative. Dennis is creative. I'm, not very, I'm a communicator. You know, I communicate with passion um, and boldness and zeal. And I believe that as I communicate, God is going to write in the hearts of the people. You know, if I talk and God doesn't write in your heart, we've wasted our time. If this is just an intellectual process, it's for nil. Um, if God writes on your heart, you'll never be the same again. You know? So uh, the title of my sermon is Vitamin CCC. Whenever you, I don't know if you ever get those little, I call crackhead free orange juice drinks when you get the breakfast special. Like they're like a zip, like a shot of orange juice. Um, whenever you drink one of those, remember vitamin CCC. When you take a, a, a vitamin C tablet, remember this sermon. When you eat an orange, remember, yeah, one of those things. Remember the sermon. Um, I want you to think about this sermon. I, I want to, I pray that God would, when you think about, when you see, when you eat, when you drink, something with vitamin C that you remember this sermon. Amen. The Holy Spirit will quicken you and be like, I'm going to tell you what the three C's are, are about. But first, as we like to do in the recovery house worship, I would like to stand for God's reading. Amen. Would you stand with us for God's reading? All right. I'm reading out of Acts chapter 9. Uh, Acts chapter 9. We're going to start at verse 1. Amen. When you got it, say amen. For those of you who don't have a Bible, Sister Liz is going to put it on the screen for you. Amen. All right. I don't know if I should get out the way or not. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. When you got it, say amen. Okay, I think I'll get out of the way and we'll read, I'll read it to you, okay? I'm going to read it to you, but you could watch along. It says this. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, 
This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul in Damascus and Jerusalem, Saul, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. You can stop right there, amen. You may be seated, amen. May God bless the reading of his word. For those who don't know, Saul just became Paul, all right? Saul becomes Paul. I was talking to Brother George. I go, I'm blessed to have Vicky's wonderful coffee. Uh, several mornings, and, and George was telling me how he, he was reading about Acts chapter 9, and, I, and he was telling me his version of the story, which is a good version. I was thinking about this sermon. I said, man, I'm going to preach that sermon one day. I'm going to preach that sermon one day. And, and basically, the, the, it's pretty simple what's happening here. Saul was a persecutor of those who were followers of Christ. They were called the people who, of the way, all right? Um, and he was there... When the first New Testament martyr took place, James, right? Stephen, excuse me, Stephen. He was there when Stephen was martyred, and he held the jackets of those stoning Stephen. And, you know, he would aggravate and provoke. And he, would just, he just didn't like Christians. He wasn't with the Christians. He, he, was, he was zealous for his particular religion. He was a religious man, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was taught by a wonderful rabbi. You know, he knew his stuff. Um, what I say about Saul, well, he was driving down a one-way street. He was sincerely driving down a one-way street the wrong way. All right? Because he was sincere in his beliefs. He was zealous in his beliefs. He was, he was dedicated to what he believed. He was just uh, misinformed by misinformed people. And, and God was getting ready to enable him to make a U-turn. And so, I don't know if you've ever been misinformed by misinformed people. And, and, and you know, you're left with uh, whatever they gave you. And, and Saul was just doing his thing. And Saul gets uh, a permit to go arrest men and women. The, woman, the reason why it says woman is to show how serious he was. All right? He was serious. He was, he was just not just men. It says woman to demonstrate that he was not playing games. He was uh, not happy with anyone who was a, a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, and so the word woman is just there. It's there to help you understand that he was serious. He was, he was serious. Um, he was committed. Okay. So now on the road to Damascus, something happens, right? He gets knocked off his high horse. Um, and, and he experiences what we call the first C is conversion. Conversion. He, Saul experiences conversion. And, and conversion simply is when a sinner turns to God. That's all it is. When a sinner turns to God, right, uh, is a spiritual change from sinfulness to righteousness, um, is when one's heart is regenerated and ju one's justified and the atonement of sins have been paid for. When you receive and believe Jesus Christ, John 1, 12, when you receive and believe Jesus Christ, he gives you the right to become a child of God. And so uh, Saul was on his road to Damascus, and he goes through the conversion experience. 
Maybe you're here and you've never received and believed. It's not enough to just receive him. You got to believe him. It's not enough to believe him. You got to receive him. You know what I mean? There's a, I like to remember John 1 talk by R&B. I used to listen to a lot of R&B music, right? You got to receive and believe Jesus the Christ. He died on the cross for our sins. We know that we're sinners. He went to Calvary for us. He shed royal blood so he, we could be uh, atoned for. He, was, he died and he rose on the third day and he went to prepare a place for us. And, for, you know, for God so loved the world, he gives one and only son. Whoever believes in not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life, right? So Saul was not a follower of Christ. He didn't believe in Jesus Christ. In fact, uh, he had animosity. He, had, he loathed the, the church. And so that's very important to understand. So he gets knocked off his high horse, right? And sometimes we got to get knocked off our high horse. You know, sometimes we got to get depleted of all intellectual resources. Sometimes we're so smart for our own good, all right? Sometimes we're so strong on the inside that we got to get depleted of all emotional resources. Sometimes life could come at us so hard that something breaks inside of us. I don't know if you've ever been through that, but, but some of it I've been through. That. I've been through a little something, something, where something has broken inside of me. And, and so, like, I feel like I've fallen and I can't get up. I don't know if you've been there, but I, 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 I'm... And so sometimes you get depleted of, of all your, your, your distractions. Some of us are, you know, financial and relational. And so, so sometimes you got to go through a little something, something. And, and, and many times it's God is not doing it to you, right? It's the enemy doing it to you, and God comes in to save the day. A lot of times God gets blamed for stuff he's not involved in. All right? In this case, God wanted Saul's attention. This conversion is different because we ask after this sermon, for those who don't know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, for those who eternity is not secure, if you were to die today, you don't know what's going to happen to you. I can assure you that if you put your trust in Jesus Christ and the price he paid for your sins, that your sins can be atoned, your sins can be washed away. That you can leave here knowing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and your sins have been atoned for. You're now blood washed, spiritual, sanctified, set apart. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and your eternity will be secure. Secure. That's a big deal to me. Because I'm not here forever. I'm here for like a minute compared to eternity. So I'm going to give you an opportunity and you can tell me no. You can say, I don't like the way he dresses. I don't like the way he said that. The AC is not blowing too hard no more. Right? You can say, you can say whatever you want to say and say no. Uh, you can, even though the, the Lord can be knocking at your heart. You can sit there and say, no, I'm not responding. I'm not going to get up. I'm not doing it. And, and, and you, you have a choice. Do you think Saul had a choice here? <laughs> this is one of those instances in a Bible where either by hook or by crook, you coming with us. <laughs> You know, this is, this is just one of those signs in the Bible where, where if you like Saul, listen, if you run, like the police said, it's going to be worse. All right? Don't run. Don't run. Don't, don't make us chase you. Amen? Don't make us chase. I don't know if you've ever been chased by the police. Just don't make them, you know, if you get away in that. Amen? In this case, you can't get away. In this case, God, God is, for some people, God is saying, can you hear me now? 
For some of us, God is saying, listen, I've been chasing you. I've been warring you. I've been calling you. You know, you're going through a certain sign. You know you feel like something is missing. You know what's going on. This, that, and the other thing. You can't sleep at night. You're going stressed out over this. you got anxiety over that. You're depressed over Listen, can you hear me now? Because I'm knocking on your door, and I want you to open it in. Because if you open it in, I will come in. So, go, so Saul goes through his conversion experience, and he gets saved, right? And, and, and if you look at verse 17 and 18, because I think when he says, who are you, Lord, he's still not sure. And I think maybe you're here, and maybe you're still not sure. Maybe you think it's Jesus Christ. Maybe you heard Pastor Edwin preach, or Pastor Gus, or somebody teach, or maybe you got a try. And maybe you're kicking the Christian ties. Maybe you're saying, man, if Jesus Christ can change Raymond's life, if Jesus Christ can change Dennis, if Jesus Christ can change Louisa, then maybe, if you're, maybe you're not sure. Maybe, is, is it you, Lord? Maybe you're like me, and you've been to places you wasn't supposed to get out of. Only a couple of people here. Maybe, maybe you're like me and the devil had his foot on your throat and he thought you was down for the count. Oh, but the power of grace came into your life and the Holy Spirit came in like a flood and the devil had to flee because the grace of God consumed you. So maybe you're here and you need to make that decision today. Maybe you need to confirm. Instead of saying, is it you, Lord? You say, yes, Lord, I, I respond. I know you've been chasing me, Don. I know you've been knocking on my door. I, you send many messages. Some of them look funny, talk funny, and they the, their presentation was off. But I, I know you've been trying to get at me. I know that you've been, especially that guy with the bullhorn on Broadway. I would get somebody else if I was, you know, I'm just saying. But maybe hey, you need to go to your conversion experience. Maybe today's your day. And, and I remember when I got saved like it was yesterday. It's like, it's like your clean day. It's like your, your wedding anniversary. It's, it's important. It's significant. It's the day that my eternity was transformed. It's the day that my heart was warmed. It's the day that God gave me new glasses. I would even see some. You ever seen the, the VA commercial where the people walking crooked, they have a VA, and now they see things straight? That's, the, that's why I had a VA spiritual Holy Ghost experience. Come on, somebody. So, so Saul goes with his conversion. Amen. And if you're here today, Please. You know, somebody said, oh, why do you want me to accept Jesus Christ? Why do you keep bothering me? I said, I don't get a dollar because you get saved. Like, I don't get nothing. You know, I want you to experience the same freedom, the same peace, the same joy. I, listen, even, even think about it. Heaven will not be the same without you. I want you to come with me. I want you to be there. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying to you? And so, so I just want you to understand that that religion is a trick of the enemy and the devil has misinformed many people and the devil got people thinking he doesn't exist and the devil got people... And I want you to know that, that I'm not... It's not about conversion to religion. It's conversion to relationship. It's about letting Jesus Christ do something inside of you that no preacher, no church, no service, no Holy Spirit can do. Amen? All right, so that's... So, so Saul goes to his conversion, and I, let me just tell the young people this, the young people, young people, I don't know if we have too many young people, but the young people, so the three or four young people, amen? Listen, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait to lose everything, get beat up, go bankrupt, divorce. You don't got to wait for something bad to happen to have a conversion experience. 
like you, you know, people think that you got to fit a criteria. You got to go to jail. You got to use drugs. You got to get alcohol. You got no. You know, I, I told my daughter when she was young. I said, listen, you know, yeah, I got a powerful testimony. I, you know, I went to jail and I was tore from the floor up and I was wrecked up from the neck up and all that wonderful stuff, right? But let me tell you a powerful testimony for Serenity and for Gracie, for Lydia, for Claudio's children, for Bianca, for Ryan. My father took us to church. And I, I was told about the life-saving grace and love of Jesus Christ. And I was in Sunday school, and I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And I've been in the church ever since, and I was part of the children's choir, and I grew up. I was part of the drama, and I was part of the Christmas pageant. I, I did all these wonderful things, and I never had. That's a powerful testimony. That's, listen, beloved, that, that you stood firm, that you grew up in church, that you didn't have to go back to the world. That's a myth that you got to go to the world and come. That's a myth from the pits of hell. You can stand on God's word. You can walk this walk. You can live this life. You can stand firm. So that's young people. You don't got to lose everything maybe like your parents did because they, they didn't hear God now over here. God said, can you hear me now? And they said, oh, this is bad luck. I'm not ready. And then, okay, this. Let me let life slap you up some more over here. Can you hear me now? Maybe they went through something, something, and, and let, it, let their pain count so it, don't, it doesn't have to be your story. Amen? Okay, all right. So the second C, amen, the second C is for the call. There's a call, all right? There's a call. Now, a call is a, a cry out loud. You know, to cry out loud is a shout. Is a command or request to call, to summon someone, to invite, to ask someone to come to you. God called Saul, and he turned him into Paul. Now look what the Bible says real quick. It says here, verse 15, it says this. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. Does your Bible have an exclamation point in it? God kind of had to yell at Ananias, right? That, that, I thought that was interesting to me. Before I get into Saul's call... I think about, right, Pastor Evan, how many people are blind, hurt, in a shooting gallery, in, in a bar right now? How many six-year-old little girls have been praying for daddy to come home? He, went, he, went, he left six months ago to get a half a gallon of milk. And how many of those people are the devil's hostages? Because we got Ananiases that are not going. I've thought about that. that doesn't, like, you know, Saul's conversion was tied to Ananias' obedience. God allowed Saul to see in a vision a man coming in his name, Ananias. And, and so I, I was wondering, man, how many people are hurting and, hurting and suffering because people got excuses like Ananias? Because it's hard doing ministry. Because I don't know the whole Bible. Because I, I still smoke a cigarette here and there. Or because I'm not perfect. Or, listen, nobody's perfect. And nobody here knows the Bible is an entire... We're still a work in progress, and the devil would like to keep you stuck where you at and not effective for his, for his honor, for the call. He doesn't want you to be a good soldier because you're looking at you and the circumstances and not what God has called you to do. Are you hearing me today? Because there's a call that goes out, and Ananias got to answer the call here too. And sometimes God calls you into dangerous territories. God, sometimes that's how, sometimes God calls you, you know, I, I was, I was, I can't give you the details, but just two weeks ago, I was in a dangerous situation. I wish I had David with me or somebody, you know, Andrew, somebody intimidating, Wally or somebody. 
you know, I, I went into a house. I, I, went, I went into a house that somebody called us, and a you know, young man is shooting 15, 20 bags of dope, one of our kids. And he's on heroin, he's so tough. And I, I'm going into his house, and I'm scared. I know what I'm going into. I don't know who's in the other side. I don't know. They already have broken in there and robbed them several times. And, and I'm going in there, and sometimes we go into dangerous territories. That's my, sometimes you got to, you know, if God calls you, and here's the thing that I like, where God calls you to, he'll be with you. He'll be with you. And so anyway, and Ananias got a, he goes, God tells Ananias to go see Saul. And Ananias is scared. I heard about this guy. Right? He's looking, he's looking. the devil likes to get us to look at the circumstances. But I heard about it. This guy got a, a warrant for my arrest. This guy's out looking for me. I'm going to go to him. Like, hello, God. Right? You ever felt like that before? That's what Ananias told him. I said, yo, you want me to go lay hands on him? I'll kick him when he's not looking, but I'm not going to go lay hands on him. This guy is, so, so Ananias tells God, but look at the circumstances. And a lot of us are like that. When Moses got called, I can't talk. And this guy got, you know, a lot of us look at this. Listen, God is greater than your circumstances. God is greater than your, than, than, than your character defects. God is greater than your, God is greater than your weakness. God is greater than the enemy coming. God, if he's called you, he's not, and this is important. Let me just, when God calls you to do something for him, he also calls you into a special relationship with him. If you miss the call to do something, you miss the call to be intimately involved with him. That's for free. Okay. All right. So here he says, go. This man is my chosen instrument. Chosen instrument. He's my chosen instrument. It says very, in 15, my chosen instrument. He's going to be an a, a apostle to the Gentiles as we know it. Right? He, to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people. God called Saul. Now, I love this part of it. Because this is, listen, Saul was not the, he's the least likely to be a Christian. Saul's not a guy that, that you, think about somebody who you say, man, they're never going to accept Christ. They're so belligerent to the gospel. They're so offensive. They don't even want to hear the name of Jesus. And Saul is one of these guys that are least likely to respond to God's calling. Least likely to get saved. Least like, and listen, there's no one too far where God's grace can't can get them. I don't care if it's, you know, my sister was, was, was twisted and my other sister, my, you know, I don't know who you know in your life that says, man, I love them and they're hurting, but they'll never respond. That's a lie from the pits of hell. That's a lie. Now, listen, even the disciples questioned Saul and Paul's genuine, genuine conversion. Even they were like, nah, 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 don't bring them over here. No, no, mi casa. No, 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 no. Not here. And so, so my point is that, and real simple, that nobody's too far gone. It's our responsibility to share the gospel, to share the love, to tell them what Jesus Christ did in our life. And it's the Holy Spirit's job if they respond or not. All I can do is share. Listen, he, he changed me. He could change you. I have eternal life. You can have eternal life. He's a, that's all. And it's up to you. You want to respond or not? That's between you and God. Are you with me? So there's a call that goes out. Now listen, there's call. People get scared and nervous when it comes to call. All right. I got a friend of mine who goes to a 12-step program, and he says, man, I really want to get with God, and I want to go to the church. And I, but my uncle went to church a couple of years ago, and now he's in Japan or Africa. He says, I don't want to go to Japan or Africa. I don't know if you get the... the he says, my, I want to go to church. I want to. Sometimes we got this picture of what it is to be a Christian or what it is to be called or what it is to be committed. And it's not what you think. It's not, you know, 
I don't, God might call you to Japan and God might call you to Africa. That's wonderful if he does. And if he calls you, he'll prepare you and equip you and he'll go with you. But, but the simple thing is that God calls you out of darkness. That's a simple thing. It's, it's, there's things that are killing you. There's lies that, that are hindering you. There's character defects that, that are ruining your life. There's belief systems that don't let you sleep at night. There's low self-esteem. There's all types of stuff the devil has planted. You know, I don't know. If you're a Christian and know Jesus Christ, I mean, if you know Jesus Christ, you know that he didn't die for junk. You know that, that, that you are wonderfully made. You know that he has his, your name tattooed on his hand. Huh? You know that the, the Bible says you're the apple of his eye. Right? And so if you know these things, where does self, low self-esteem fit into that? It doesn't. It doesn't. So my point to you is that God wants to call you out of those things, out of the darkness, whatever the darkness might be for you. Because it's easy for me to talk about the stuff that I'm free from. Brother, you need to stop drinking alcohol. Is he? Because I stopped drinking alcohol. Brother, he's, He's called you out of darkness. He's called you to be peculiar people. He's called you to be a, a priestlyhood. He's called you to do works, not for work. He doesn't. He called you to do works. All right? He called you to do something. All right. I, I got to go soon. Here we go. It says this. All right? Matthew 14, 22 says this. For many are called, but few are chosen. All right? Now, this is a, one of the most misinterpreted scriptures. Many are called. Let me see what the Bible says very clearly. For God does not want to perish. God don't want not one to perish. All right? Down and outer, up and outer, the, God doesn't want you to perish. All right? He don't want you to perish. And so he says he's patient and he's waiting and the gospel is going to the four corners, all that great stuff. God doesn't want no one to So it's not that God, listen, many are called. You know who are the chosen? Simply those who respond. This is simple. The call goes out to everybody. You hear it now. I don't know how many people here, 170 people. You're here. God is calling you out of darkness into salvation. He's calling you away from the light from the world and into his light. He's calling you from, from, from lies to truth. He's calling you in ministry, right? Some of you guys, God don't want you to quit your job. God, matter of fact, God wants you to work harder. God, God, God don't want you to leave and be a God, God don't want you to be like Pastor Edwin. God wants you to be like you, what he created you to be. God wants to use you and your personality and your quirky weirdness and the way you are. And yeah, you know you're weird. Stop looking at me like that. I was, I was teaching somebody the other day, and they got mad because I said, like, this is, this is the special bus. The special bus. He was there. My man said, well, I, I don't know about you. I'm not in no special bus. I make, I make a lot of money. I own my own business. I said, Papi, you in the special bus with me. I don't care how much money you make. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. All right. So, anyway. Yeah. Yes. So, so, my point is, right, very simple, very, very simple. Listen, God calls everybody. Wherever you at, God calls you. God calls you. We're all called to the Great Commission. We're all called to love God. We're all called to the Great Commandment. We're all, there's different, you know, call. Sometimes I wonder about people. I go to different churches and I preach, right? And I say, brother, what are you doing in ministry? Like, what are you doing? Like, like somebody ministered to you. Somebody gave you a bulletin. Somebody pulled out the folded chair. Somebody turned on the AC. Somebody plugged in the microphone. Somebody gave you a track. Somebody just, you know, somebody, somebody this they served you. Who are you serving? Say, oh, brother, you know, the deep spiritual people, brother, I'm praying for the Holy Spirit. To, I'm praying to be led. I'm praying to be led. I said, Louisa, give me a pencil. 
Here's a pencil. Now you have lead. Do something for the Lord. Do something. Do something. Do something. Get involved in the game. Listen, check it out. The Recovery House of Worship has been called by God. Right? It's funny. There was a missionary, right? There was a missionary who went to deep in Africa before, and there was a missionary, and he was doing wonderful things and, 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 and bringing, you know, uh, medication and, and, and medical needs to, to a particular village that nobody wants to enter into, and they said no. They said, listen, we have many men that want to go. Are there roads to where you're at? He said, Roads. He said, I don't want no men that are looking for roads. I want men who are willing to come even though there are no roads. You understand what I'm saying? He says, listen, I want, there was no road. We saw recovery house of worship. When we started recovery house of worship, the pastors, we're not going to mention no names, but they were like, there's no recovery in the Bible. We don't do that. That's a cult. We're not going to go with that. You don't need no 12 steps. You don't need nothing. You just need one step to Jesus and all this stuff. And we said, listen, you know, we backed up a little bit. We said, okay, no problem. We all need recovery. Genesis chapter 3, we come from a fallen place. We all need recovery. We all got to recover from something. And so, so but there was, there was no roads. There was no roads. We had to make roads, and it wasn't easy. And they talked about Pastor Edwin and, and you know, all this other stuff, and they didn't talk about me because I was still a little bit, I wasn't that far removed. They said, this guy don't look like a pastor. So, so anyway, listen, there's a call. And listen, here's what I need. I need you guys to respond to the call. You know that, that, that you can be called to a particular church? That God puts the body and the parts in place, it says in the Bible. Right? You can be called to, I was talking to, to another married couple, and I was saying, listen, how many churches have you, do you drive by to get here? They come from Queens. You come from Yonkers. Somebody else comes from Long Island. Come, people come from far. People come, how many churches do you drive by to get here? A lot. I said, only people who are called to a particular church would do that. You got to be called here. I was telling listen, we don't want nobody who don't belong here. We don't want nobody. Listen, if you belong in Brooklyn Tabernacle, go sing in Brooklyn Tabernacle. If you belong in Christ, go to Christ. We don't, listen, God has called different churches to reach different people. Not all church can be all things to all men. And you, you, you got to be, if you know that you're called to a particular place, I know I'm called here. I know I'm called here. Listen, not for, for a variety of reasons, but I know that I'm called. I know that the Holy Spirit led me here. God led me here. I was chilling, doing what I was doing wonderful before I got here. And then God said, here, I want you to work. You're chilling in the AC over there, seven Grammy Awards. You, your muckles are messing around and you're crying. I want you to go work. And so my point is that you can be called to a church. And listen, this church is not for everyone. Not for everyone. This is a church where we want to teach the Bible, not so you can learn it, but so you can live it. We don't want people quoting scriptures and living anyway. No, God has called us to holiness. God has called us to be different, weirdos. You know, yeah, God, I don't know if you know that. God has called us to be different. Peculiar means weird. You're supposed to be weird. People are supposed to look at you and say, what's wrong with you? What's going on? The, you, the, they just, they, they didn't pay us for our own. Why are you smiling about? What's wrong with you? We didn't get a good Christmas. What are you doing? Listen, your son is in the hospital. He just got, why are you smiling, singing songs? You're supposed to be weird. You're supposed to look weird. You're supposed to talk weird. You're supposed, you, are you understanding what I'm saying? You're supposed to peculiar people, different than the world. You're not supposed to laugh at stupid racist jokes. They're not funny. 
Oh, you understand what I'm saying to you? You're not supposed to have pornography on your phone. Hello, somebody. You're supposed to be different. All right? So, so we're called to be different. We're called to, out of darkness, we're called to salvation. And we're called to, listen, I remember I did, I was, I was up, I can't up, I got my faha on, I, I had surgery. But remember I, I, I told, you got served. Right? I did a sermon, you got served. And, and where I served Joanne, and she got saved. And she got saved so she could serve. And we served people in the retreat, and they got saved so they could serve. And somebody said, served you, and you got saved so that you can serve. You got served, and now it's your turn to serve. We need people to stand and count and answer the call of God on their lives. It don't got to be deep, it's come early, stay late. It don't got to be deep. It's come early. You don't got to be part of the usher's team to shake somebody's hand and give them a warm smile and say, good to see you. Oh, you understand? You don't got to be, you don't got to, if you see a kid crossing the street without a parent and the car is coming, you don't got to be, just grab that kid and say, come here. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So we're called, and the job, we're called to be great employees. We're supposed to be the best employees our company has. We're supposed to be living according to spiritual principles in the Bible, living on integrity, honesty. We don't take an hour and ten minutes lunch if we only allotted an hour. We're different. So we're called to live. Okay, so you're saying, now in ministry, I got got to go soon. In ministry, here's the thing. All our members are called to get involved in ministry. We need, listen, things are happening in the church. It's getting crowded. You know, things are, you know, we don't know how, to, you know, the people are coming, hundreds of people getting fed here, food, clothes. A lot of ministries are happening. Drug addicts are getting clean. Alcoholics are getting sober. Families are getting put together. God is moving it. And no man, no church gets credit for that. We're just like blessed to see God do it. We're like, wow. You know what I mean? And so, but we need more people to get involved. We need Paul. So, so here's why I'm letting you know that you're called to get involved in this church. If you're a member in this church, if you plan to be a member in this church, so I'm calling you out. I'm, call, I'm loving. I'm not being. I'm being nice, right? I'm loving that you know. I need you on my team. I need you. Look at right. Already reminded me of this. Pastor Eden did this once. I need you to go from here, right? Where you we feed you. Come here. Here's the Bible. Here's CCC conversion call. Commitment. Here's Monday. Come, how to share your faith. Here's edge. And then I need you to take after a little while. E, E, get, get strong. E, get strong. I need you to take this off. And I need you to put it on your wrist. And then go serve somebody. Right? That's what we need. That's what we need. So, so real quick, you have in, in your bulletins, right, you have a response card. Right? You got a response card. I don't know. I can't. Pink or Pink is purple. You got a respond card, right? I want you to think about it because we're going to close in a word of prayer in about a couple of minutes. But I need you to please think about getting involved in ministry, getting involved in this church. We need a hundred volunteers. Think about what ministry you want to get involved in. God is calling you out. And I'll just tell you this. Let me tell you how I've been blessed in my life. And let me give you a secret. I've learned in ministry, if you want more blessings sometimes, you have to become a blessing. You got to be able to stand and say, okay, all right. so you with me. You got those cards. I want you to think about them. I'm going to give you the last seat, and we're going to close in a word of prayer. Amen?
But we all call to do something for God. It don't gotta be, you don't got to quit your job and go to Africa. It could be just come early. You need to wear a green shirt or a blue shirt or yellow. You need to be part of one of our teams so we can better serve this community and better serve hurting people. Are you with me? Okay. The last C is for commitment. Commitment. Now, here's the hard part, all right? It says very clearly, I'm going to show him suffer for my name's sake. Right? It's crazy. Push, it's crazy. You know how many people suffer for the disease and to get the next one, and they serve the, you know, people suffer out there. Chasing something is not there. 20 years experience of chasing something, I'm just going to do one. It'll be different this time. No, no, I'm going to make her love me. She, this one's going to love me. I'm going to, you know, just people chasing stuff. People chasing stuff that's not there. Finally, we come to a place where God is here. God is real. God loves you. God got a plan for your life. And we need you to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. I don't want nobody making a commitment to me. I don't want Louisa committed to me on my team. I don't want my wife committed to me. I want them committed to Jesus. Because if they're committed to Jesus, I'm going to be blessed. You know what I'm saying? So we need people to make a commitment. A commitment is a pledge to do something in the future. Now, you know what's wrong? You know what the hard part about commitment? Like today, right? But let's say we get the 100 volunteers we need. We need 100. We need a lot of people. We need, we need everybody. If, like, if, if you're just visiting and you're, gonna, you're not going to be next week, that's cool. Please visit us, again, visit us again. Please be my guest. You know, we have a lot of powerful communicators here. It's like we, we, we got five starting pitchers. We're like blessed here for this camp. Anywhere you come is on and popping, no matter if it's handsome or not so handsome. All right. We're going to edit that part of the CD, amen? Liz is, Liz is right now giving me the fist. <laughs> no, but, but, but the truth is that we got powerful communicators, powerful teachers. We got a good team. God is doing And we all ex something. We all ex-depressed, ex-suicidal, ex-Buddhist, ex-this, ex-that. Like we all ex something. No, we come from somewhere. I'm saying we all had different beliefs at some point. We all had different walks of life. And we all come from something like Saul. It's, it's crazy how Edwin changed his religion for relationship. It's crazy how I changed my religion for relationship. You know, it's crazy how, how God, only God can do these things. If you say yes to God, you'll be, you, you'll be in awe of what he'll do in your life. In awe. Okay, so I, I know I got to go. Commitment, all right? Commitment. Let me say what Martin Luther King said. Martin said, the ultimate measure of a man or a woman is not whether he stands or she stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where they stand at times of challenge and controversy. That's the problem with commitment. We get people say, okay, I'm down. I'll be part of the evangelism team. I'll be part of your follow-up. I'll be part of Christian Ed. I could, I could play the drums. I could sing. I could do administration. I could do ch- children. We got people that, but and then it gets hard. And then, then, then nobody, I, I signed up, and, and Pastor Raymond don't say thank you. What's up with that? I wanted to help him meet his 100 people quota. He didn't even say thank you. You're not supposed to do it so I can say thank you. You're supposed to do it because Jesus Christ died on a cross for your sins. You understand? So, so, we, so it gets to, another thing is that I was talking to a sister that I love dearly. It's good to see her. You know, when, another thing is this. When, when God starts blessing, the devil starts messing. Huh? When God starts blessing, the devil starts messing. 
When you reach new levels of your walk with God and you get closer to God and you reach new levels in spirituality, new levels, you got to fight new devils. Huh? The closer you get to God, the bigger the bullseye on your back. You want to pray, you want to get involved. So what happens is that now the enemy is going to try to jab you or hook off on you and try to hit you below the belt and try to get you. Oh, you signed that little pink card? You think you was cute signing that pink card? Now your car's not going to start when you go outside. How you like that? Sign the pink card. If your car is there. Huh? I remember I, I was at a conference and, and I went and they said, and, and the guy said, God can use anybody. God can use anybody. You come from, and I was like, like even me? Like, I cursed God. I hated Jesus. I made fun of the church. Like, even, like, God can use me. And, and he said, even you, he said. Yeah, I was like, even you. I was like, like how did he know? And, and so, <laughs> so, so anyway, I came to the front. I came and I was crying, like, God, if you can use anything, Lord. See, you can use me. Take my hand, Lord, and my feet. All this great stuff. I got outside and Valerie started bugging. He said, I don't know about you. I don't know that. He's like, what's, what's this bugging? I don't care. Get me home. Just get me home. I was like, God, just say, God, I'm going to serve you. What's wrong with this girl? He's like, oh, that's nothing wrong with me. What's wrong with you going on there? You know. I was like, yo. I was like, I'll break the TV. She said, break the TV, you buy another one. I don't care, just get me high. Yeah. I was like, I just said, I'll serve you. What are you? If you can use anything, Lord, use me. He said, be nice to her, love her, start at home. I was like, oh, okay, no problem. I'm not breaking the TV this week. Amen. But, but God can use anybody. God can use anyone. If you're willing to listen, God, listen, anyone here plus God, Jesus Christ, equals an army. Anyone here plus Jesus Christ equals an army. You give me a man or woman that says, I'm going to serve the Lord. I understand the price that's been paid for my life. I understand the King of kings and the Lord of lords is calling me. I understand this. And I make a commitment. I pledge my allegiance. I belong to you. I will serve you. You are my God. I am your servant. And you give me a man or woman that stands on that. And no demon in hell can rob them of all the blessings that God has for them. I'm going to read you a poem that messed me up many years ago. Are you ready? I, I, the poem says a little bit. I messed it up a little bit. I played with it a little bit. but It says this. I am a member of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarf goals. I no longer need permanence, prosperity, position, promotion, applause, or popularity. I don't have to be right. I don't have to be first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. 
My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions are few. My guide is reliable. My mission clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in its maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, or let up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till I all know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. My scars will be many, and my banner will be clear. I am committed. I am committed. I am committed. Hallelujah. I am committed. I I don't know where you're at with the Lord. But I want you to make a commitment today. To be committed to Jesus Christ. You know, my life verse is on my arm. It's Acts 21, 13. You know, I told you about Paul's conversion and Paul's call and Paul's commitment is this. In Acts 21, in Acts chapter 21, there's a prophet that comes. And he takes Paul's belt. And the prophet ties his own hands and his own feet. And the prophet says that the owner of this belt will be bound just like this when he enters in Jerusalem. So the disciples look at them and say, Paul, don't go. Don't go, Paul. The prophet has spoken. You're going to be arrested when you go to Jerusalem. And, and, and Paul was on a mission from God. Paul was in the, in the, in the last stages of answering the call of God in his life. And, 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 and Paul, they're crying and saying, Paul, don't go. Please don't go. Paul, please don't. They're going to arrest you. It's a setup. Don't go. And Acts 21, 13, Paul says, it says, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm not willing just to be bound, but I'm ready to die for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he was committed. He, and he went to his death. He went to his death and he wrote the last letter. He said, I finished the race. I've run a good, I fought the fight. I finished the race. I'm getting ready to be poured out like a drink offering, he says. I've kept the faith. And today I want to to give you an opportunity. Say, listen, man, wherever you've been in your life, whatever whatever level of Christianity, or maybe you need to get saved today and give your life to Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity to make a commitment to God that you're going to serve him with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And you're going to taste and see how good he is. The Bible says that we've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their children begging for bread. God is a good God. So I want you to bow your head with me. I'm going to say a prayer. And then we're going to have a time of prayer. Amen. Father, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. We thank thank you so, so very much that you've brought us here and you've chased us down and you've been knocking on the doors of our heart, oh God. Father, I thank you for all the friends and family that we have here today. And I pray that you'd raise up warriors in this place, oh God. Men and women that would decide to go further in their relationship with you, oh God. That we would just not fill out a card and do ministry in church, but our hearts would be devoted to you like never before, oh God. That we would pledge our allegiance to you, Lord. That we would understand you died for us and that we would choose to live for you, oh God. 
And that you'd raise up men that are more than conquerors and overcomers, oh God. Men and women, my God, that stand on your word. That no matter what comes on the pike, no matter what the enemy throws our way, we will know that great is he that's in us than any demon that can come against us, oh God. And we know that you've called us to be a conqueror. And you've called us to be an overcomer. And we will stand committed to you and your word, oh God. Father, raise up men and women right now, Lord. I say, I belong to you. I surrender my life to you. Listen, you're here this evening, this afternoon, and God has spoken to you. We're going to sing a song right now. We're going to have a time of prayer. You say, Pastor Raymond, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I've never surrendered my life to him. I never opened my heart. If you say, Pastor Raymond, I need to get converted. I need to get saved. I need to enter this relationship with God. I want to surrender. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. I want to pray for you. God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister.